Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback and please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy what you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms. And without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Christine Means Business. And this is one of the favorite parts of my business, which is where I get to interview colleagues of mine, people I admire, and people that I know are just super smart and have a lot to bring to the table. And it makes my life so much easier, too. So today, I have a wonderful person who I've met probably three, four years ago when I... That's a meow from my cow, cat, excuse me if you heard that, but um, I was writing my book, Sleep Like a Boss, at the time, and I met you through the editorial team that I've worked with, and it's been really interesting, and that's a whole podcast altogether about that book, but why I love Victoria is that she is so diverse, so let me read your bio, and then people will know what I mean. So Victoria Klein is an author a strategist and a certified online business manager dedicated to helping authors, podcasters, and individuals alike cultivate curiosity to have thriving businesses and live meaningful offline lives. She's an entrepreneur, her entire adult life starting five businesses in 15 years, all of which operated with a 50% profit margin or 50% plus. Now, you know that I love my numbers, so profit margin, you have to note that. Her current focus is on writing her third book, a memoir and self-improvement guide through 15 years of depression, anxiety, false starts, wrong turns, and ultimately getting the fuck out of your way personally and professionally. When she's not following her curiosity into a new book, restaurant, or conversation, you can find Victoria studying Japanese with the goal of spending three months a year in Japan. So I love this bio alone. There's so much to ask and to say. And I mean, 15 businesses, we can't even go in all of them. Or five businesses, it's, it's, it's like, it's a lot. So <laughs> I think though, it's, it's also something that I like because it kind of shows that you don't always have to just do one thing. Like I do think for each business, you need to be very clear. There's kind of the same system. I use impact with integrity for each system, but you could run multiple businesses, which is ultimately what I do too. I do have still sleep like a boss and I run Christine Mint's business. So tell me a little bit how you have got to combine all of this. So we have three main pillars, author, strategist, and then OBM. How do they play with each other? And also, was there a point where you weren't so clear about how all of this fit together? 
Well, to answer your last question, 100% yes. Part <laughs> of the reason there's been five businesses <laughs> is because I consistently tried to keep them separate. Yeah. And for me, I always admire anyone who has multiple businesses and I work with people who do, but the way my brain works, I can't do that. It all has to relate to each other because I can't compartmentalize like that. I want to be able to talk about all the things all the time. So having like separate Instagram accounts and separate Facebook pages and all of that is overwhelming for me. I am the queen of simple. Like I want it to be simple and easy. And that's why I ended up being a systems pro because that's the easiest way to do it is to make the system work for you. So um, I have had a lot of issue in the past with trying to reconcile all the things I wanted to do. And especially, do I just enjoy it? Is it a hobby? Mm -hmm. Do I want to get paid for it? Do I need to get paid for it? You know, there was a time when I was a professional writer full time and I hated it. Oh, I don't know if that makes me less of a writer or what, but I I don't think so. I get that. I totally get that. (laughs) It's a pressure element, right? It did. It took all the fun out of it. If the only way that I made money is I had to write things that killed my creativity and my perspective and my unique angle. And I know a lot of people it works for them and thank goodness they're out there because it didn't work for me. (laughs) So um, writing books, I find far more interesting. I like diving into something very in depth for a few years and releasing it and continuing to talk about it and then picking another thing and diving really in depth into that. And that's, far more fascinating to me than writing, you know, newspaper articles or, you know, magazine articles and things like that, which I did for years. So ultimately, um, author, strategist, and OBM, they all do live under the same umbrella. So that I think a lot of people have an issue with. For a long time, I used my own name and yeah. I changed to a brand name, which was behind the boss mask, which was when I was doing VA and OBM work. And I had my own podcast at the time. And then I switched back to my own name. So a lot of people really want the separation of having a brand name. And I completely appreciate that. And every time I've tried to do that, it doesn't feel like me anymore. I can totally relate to that. I mean, Sleep Like a Boss is a brand, but it's because of genius name, right? But in the end, if you go to my Facebook page, I had to decide, like, do I use two Facebook pages? What, how do I do this? And I decided, no, it's just going to be Christine Hansen, CEO of this and this. But it's ultimately, it's me. It's still me. It's my business, right? And sometimes it can be tricky. Like on Instagram, my handle is still Sleep Like a Boss, even though... I don't necessarily want to take on any further sleep clients. My team is doing it, but because I've built that business and because it still gets traction and through that traction, my team gets it. And I guess because to me, it's my own case study showing that I know what I'm doing. It is legit, but it is, I still, my main name is still Christine Hansen and I still see myself as my soul in that. And I think it's also more relatable to other people, you know, that there's always a person behind that. Yeah, absolutely. And I work with a number of entrepreneurs who do have business names or they have agencies and things like that. And Mm. I love that they stand for something larger, which is great and fantastic. And I'm happy for that. And we have 20 team members and it's way easier if you have a brand name. But for me personally, even if you build your business to six, seven figures, it can still be named after you, even if you have 15 team members, even if 
the only thing you do is podcast interviews and everyone else does all the other stuff in your business. It's still yours. It's still your baby. You built it. It's yours. Don't be afraid to use your own name and don't be afraid to change your mind. I agree. And I feel especially in the business that we are in with coaching and selling a service that requires connection and trust. It's not like an electric toothbrush, right? Who cares? You know, it's not going to have a certain vibe. Well, actually it might be a half, but you know, anything else probably won't. So, you know, I feel that that connection, the whole, if you do leadership right, even if you have hundred people working for you, they are all going to work within your values, within what branding is all about, you know, which is why it's the first step in impact with integrity, because you need to be very clear so that your whole team, no matter how large it is, is going to go with those core values so that everything is on par and it's synchronized. So I totally get that. And I, I think, yeah, I really love companies that are connected with one person, even if that person is dead, <laughs> you know, like some people, I don't even know if they're alive. Like to me, Looking back at ads when I was little Elizabeth Arden and things like that, I don't know if the lady is still alive, but I still know what the kind of feeling I had when watching these cosmetic brands, you know? So, you know, just little things like that. Or Laura Ashley, who even once she's not there anymore, everyone will know what it stands for. So I, I totally believe in that. Now, I have one specific question for you because I had to ask that because I wasn't even sure what it was. And that was that you are an OBM. So, and to me, well, no, let's, let's go logically about this. So you started with your authorship. How did that develop into strategy and how did that develop into being an OBM or was it vice versa? How did that path kind of crystallize? Yeah, absolutely. Well, writing came first. So yeah. I have been writing and getting paid for it since I was six. So I've been <laughs> a very early career, <laughs> very early career. I'm for anyone who's a nerd for the personality test. I'm an INFJ. I'm an Enneagram five. I'm, I'm just, I'm all in my head. That's what yeah. I do. So writing came very naturally to me, came very easy to me in the sense that I could often piece things together that other people didn't see. Mm -hmm. So that's what's fascinating to me is taking like metaphysics and astrophysics and pushing them together or <laughs> taking business and fast food and pushing it together and seeing how they relate to each other. So writing came first. So writing's always been my most comfortable method of communication, probably because I can edit it. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> it is lovely. And it's, yeah, I can't relate, but I love hearing that people can do this because somehow in my head, it's always a struggle and it's beautiful to see that it's not. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say that everything you read on my website came out that way the first time I wrote it. It didn't. That was all me. And that was me for a couple weeks. Right. Um, writing it and walking away from it and coming back to it and being like, why did I write that? That doesn't make any sense. You know, and being willing to be objective like that with yourself can be really hard. Mm -hmm. So writing always came first. And I've also done a number of other creative endeavors in the sense that I was a model, I was an actress for years. So that kind of creativity has always swirled, but that's only one part of me because I'm also very analytical. So over the years with all of the experience running my own businesses, I started to wonder, can I do this for other people? Because uh -huh. I'm pretty good at it. Like I run <laughs> things really seamlessly back here and it's super easy. And it's one of those situations where a lot of people think that what comes easy to them they shouldn't get paid for 
Yes. But it's the total opposite. Because it's easy for you, that means it's not easy for other people. Exactly. So I started to realize that. And so I started looking into, you know, being a virtual assistant, which I did for about a year. And that only lasted for a year because I realized I can do so much more. Much more. I was going to say, you're like way overqualified, even though people, I mean, we have to get into this. People don't really necessarily know the difference between virtual assistants and so forth. But yeah, no, your brain Nah. (laughs) (laughs) I get paid for my brain ultimately. Exactly. A lot of people that can be really hard to explain. It can be hard to quantify because so many people are obsessed with deliverables. Mm -hmm. Here's the physical thing you're going to give me. And that's the great thing is my brain can produce those physical things that you need. Exactly. That's what's unique about me is all my experiences, all my experience, all of my things. No one is the same OBM I am. No one has the same experience. No one's the same strategist. So you can hire 20 different strategists and get 20 different strategies because they'll all see it from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. But you also need to be able to understand the person you're working with Mm -hmm. and this is one of the things that like tripped off in my head when you were talking earlier. And that's people have a hard time pushing other people out and saying, I'm not for you. I love doing that, but I, I know, I know (laughs) it's the hardest thing to teach my clients. I love doing it by now because it's such a relief to write. This is not for you if you are. And then you just look back at nightmare clients and you're like, oh my God, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's literally, it's fun doing it, but it can be terrifying in the beginning because I think people think, all right, if I limit the number of leads I'm going to generate, it means I'm going to have less, less money. And it's just not true. It's true. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that took me a long time to accept. That's why I've been a hybrid for so long. (laughs) But ultimately, the issue wasn't that I was a hybrid. The issue was that I was not clear about how my hybrid ability could Mm -hmm. help very specific people. I tried to reach everybody, which means, of course, I'm reaching absolutely nobody. And I would beat my head against a wall like, how is nobody paying attention? Like I have all of these results I can prove to people. Like why isn't anybody? Why don't they want it? And then you take it personally and you just feel like the most biggest loser ever. Yeah. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) And it's, it's all about clarity and that you can't, you can't completely externally get that. You can work with, you know, a strategist, you can work with a brand manager, you can work with a coach and all those things. But in the end, ultimately you have to be clear about where you want to draw a line in the sand and then just make that super clear to other people. Agreed. Agreed. I totally agree. Yeah. So once you knew that, okay, I have the strategy, you probably worked with a couple of people where you saw, okay, this is not the person I do want to work with. How did you take the next step into how did OBM world open up to you? And maybe it would make sense to explain what it is. Cause even I had, an idea, but not really an idea um, what it was. So why don't you have us dive into that world a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The easiest way to explain an OBM is to also compare a VA and an OBM at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, because most people know what a VA is. A VA is a doer. You tell them what to do, they do it. Yeah. It's that simple. Um, Some people are very advanced VAs in the sense that maybe they're a tech VA or a customer service VA, and they can do some troubleshooting for you, which is awesome. Which I adore. Pay pay those people more, please. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Just telling you right now. Um, And an OBM is going from doer to manager. 
Yeah. So the OBM is a step under the CEO, is a step under the person who owns and started the company. Mm-hmm. They are not only the uh, kind of the gatekeeper between the rest of the team and the CEO, but they're also the manager of all the things. They manage the projects, they help, you know, organize everything, they create systems and processes, they give the back end an overhaul. And the most important thing between what I do now, focusing on strategy, which is doing all of those things and then walking away, <laughs> an OBM stays in there every single day. Yeah, it's so just a part of the company. Yeah, yes, like literally, and yeah, like a team member. It's, I think it's kind of what I do have with my Tamara. We talk usually once a week. She does all my client handling, pretty much all my acceptor sessions, all my press, all my media inquiries, speaking gigs inquiries. But she also dives into my website and uploads blogs, you know, where she reminds me that I have to get my butt into gear and send in the planning thing and have to organize the SOPs, you know, or just give the input that only I can do. But it's very clear that I, as a CEO, have the vision, I have the drive, I have the goals. And then anything else she's doing, and it, especially in the beginning of the company, she's just a system person. She just cleaned up my Dropbox. <laughs> she created, you know, just folders and things where I'm just ugh, a mess, you know. And it's if you don't work that way, if your brain doesn't work that way, you have to get someone to do that for you. So it's a little bit similar, except that I think when I read a little bit about OBMs, you are even more involved in strategy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like the fact that you highlighted that the CEO is the visionary. That's a very, very important distinction because it can start to get really gray between the CEO and the OBM. And the OBM needs to stand their ground in the sense that they do not make the visionary decisions for the company. Mm -hmm. It is the responsibility for the CEO to have their own coach, to have their own specialists, whatever they need. The OBM is there with their experience and their strategies and they can offer options is never the OBM's job to decide the strategy. That is not what their role is. They, they can be really good at that. There are some OBMs that are fantastic at that. And if you want to use them for that, that's, that's wonderful. But you should never expect an OBM to choose the direction of your business. That, as the CEO, is your job. And if you're not sure, get opinions, obviously. Yes. Get perspective and all of that. But ultimately, the OBM is more focused on Uh, management and organization and day-to-day functions so that the CEO can be the visionary and then OBM translates that vision into actions that they and the team can actually execute. That's exactly what I love. And it's why I can take time off without worrying because I know that my OBM or my, you know, to my tomorrow, whoever, like she's not quite, no, and it can't quite relate that, but you know, that they are just taking care of everything because I don't need to. It means that I'm very good at batching things when I'm in the flow, when I am creative, and then I let it go. But it's still my company. Like I still had to find that person. I still had to take that step to pay them, you know, to hire them. So it's it's not to say like, oh, now you're just lazy and you lay back. If you don't make money, you can't pay anyone, right? So it's still up to the CEO to take the risk in a way. So one thing I'm interested in is that I think a lot of people, okay, makes sense, but how can you, particularly you as Victoria, go into a business and what do you most of the time see in terms of that you can optimize? And we talk mainly about people who coach here. So whether they're health coaches, life coaches, leadership coaches, 
I do think that we are different, but I also think that there's a common kind of personality trait behind them. So if you have someone who says, okay, I want you to come in, how, what kind of goggles do you put on and how do you, does your author, maybe your, your author brain help with this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, an author, ultimately a successful author, as you know, Christine, <laughs> is also an entrepreneur. You don't become rich off of writing one book. So you think about diversification. You think about how can I take advantage of this awesome asset that I've created for my business that also positions me as an authority in the subject I'm writing about. Mm -hmm. So being able to capitalize on that and you know enhance that all over your website, everywhere. If you're not mentioning on every other page that you're an author, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We need to update that. But uh, a lot of it, I also think from perspective of just being someone who runs a business and has been in the back end of numerous businesses, because a lot of the time when a business is successful enough to hire a strategist or to have a back end overhaul, which is a lot of what I do now on like day long intensives is we grow so fast that we lose the actual mm. foundation underneath us. Agreed. So you, you keep building out and building out and building out, but you didn't build the foundation underneath you as you kept expanding the house. I agree. And so many people skip the foundation, but it drives me nuts. And you ask them about, okay, so what are your core values or what are your numbers? I, I cannot believe how many people have no idea the inflow and outflow of cash flow, what cash flow even means, what they actually need. And it's like, how the hell are you supposed to run a business? You are flying blind, literally. So, and I find those are the, the main foundations that I see that are just not there now. Yeah, absolutely. You need to know what key metrics you're tracking. Now, of course, I encourage a rather diverse selection of metrics, tracking at least six at all times. And there's also the important thing, if you need to know what metric is important, right now because yeah. not all metrics are always important if you're trying to grow your email list that is a metric you need to pay much more close attention to than what website traffic are we getting totally we need to know where people are signing up why they're signing up are they signing up for a freebie are they signing up on this page because you said something specific where and why we need exactly. to know these things and what's working what's not working what should we try more of do we need more blog posts do we need more videos should we do this or that and you choose a strategy and you try it for a little while track the metrics, see how it works. So obviously metrics, super important and financials are just another co collection of numbers, but the numbers don't lie to you. So they the numbers don't. are completely <laughs> unemotional and they're very brutal. So the yes. numbers don't lie to you and pretending they're not there, do not make them go away. I love that. So, <laughs> so being very aware of your numbers is good. If you don't okay. have a bookkeeper, at the very least, a bookkeeper. And if you're already hiring an OBM and you don't have a bookkeeper, hire a bookkeeper because you should not be the one actually tracking that stuff. No. You should have a meeting on a, at least a monthly basis to say, where are we going? What worked? What didn't? Where did we actually outperform what we thought was going to happen? Where did we underperform? Be able to make predictions based on the past. You don't know that if you don't have all your numbers collected in an easy-to-find place that's easy to update. If you have like a high level VA or an OBM, they should be updating the numbers for you before the meeting. So you can have a straightforward conversation, which is not always going to be nice. So no, make it easier by having the numbers already there. <laughs> I don't want yeah. you going in, collecting the numbers and then falling down the rabbit hole Agreed. before the meeting starts. Don't do that. Agreed. So, because it's, it's brutal, important. as you say. Sometimes it's also positive though. Like I feel that very often... 
I feel like a total failure, not very often, but this year, let's say it's 20, this year's 2020, right? My business has been so much slower than it usually is. And I started a new business, right? So Christine means business is just since May. So it's barely three months old, right? But obviously doing that in a pandemic with everything was maybe not the smartest thing to do, but it was something I had to. So, but even so, going back into the numbers, sometimes actually you see that you've had so much income coming in without even noticing. So through the franchise of my team members, for example, or through payment plans that have come in, or through, I did videos for a big company, you know, like all these invoices I had, I kind of didn't take them seriously, but then piling, adding them up, you actually see that, hey, there's been some money coming in. Obviously not fortunes, there's been stuff coming in. And even this month I sold the travel experiences that I'm organizing now and that's 24k in a week and I was like I didn't even take it seriously you know so sometimes numbers can be the exact opposite and I also find it really helps you obviously with goal setting to know exactly okay this is not working that's what I'm supposed to do and what I love about this is when you talk about tracking and things someone like me knows exactly that this is important but it gives me like the sweats and my throat closes up and my heart starts racing because I'm just panicking and you can see my eyes go like all big and my pupils dilate, you know, and it's just like, it's such a relief to know that someone else is doing that. And I pay good money for that because I don't want to do it. I know how it's optimizing my business, but I don't want to be the one to do that. you right. So I hire now, right now, I'm working with another company to do build my funnel, and they will basically track everything for three months to see how it goes. I'm like, you do that, you know. I am happily paying more to, in order to have you analyze and tweak and do that for me because it's not making me. First of all, it's not my expertise, and secondly, I would be so annoyed that I wouldn't be creative and I can just see my expression having to create new content, you know, just like having. It just wouldn't come from a good place. So I think if you have an OBM who loves that stuff or at least enjoys figuring it out, which I can imagine you can do, difficult for me, but I think people can, then please, please, please do that. So it's completely different from VA. Like I really see VA as someone who goes into Canva doing your templates, things like that, maybe upload something on YouTube based on copy that you wrote. But you know, an OBM is literally going in and seeing that 360 bird's eye view and taking the analytical and the admin kind of also out so it's a huge position yeah absolutely and it, again it's also a filter for the ceo yeah because most of the time if something goes if something goes wrong because tech goes wrong um you know if someone gets sick and they can't complete a task or something like that it goes to the obm it goes it to the obm to find another team member to do it or sometimes the obm will step in and do it themselves and that's where systems and processes, which sound super unsexy, by the way, I know they sound unsexy. To me, they sound like dollar signs. So I'm like, yes, baby. It sounds like less time, like less, it sounds like freedom to me. But yeah, it, it took me a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> Think, that, think of the S and SOPs as a dollar sign. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And they seem unsexy at first, but when things go wrong, 
and, or you need to hire a new VA to do exactly. this, or someone's sick, or someone has to go on vacation, but you have to get it done. It's so easy. All the systems are written, you just hand it to someone else. Exactly. It's so smart. It took me five years in business to figure it out. And now I have my SOPs and I tried a gazillion different plat platforms in order. Now I've, I'm using Flowster, which is a an, uh, free software that works really well for my team and I. But it's true. I didn't even know what it was. And I think part of it is also... I never worked in a corporate world, never. I was a teacher, I was a creative, I have a, I mean, I have a literature master in children's literature for fuck's sake, you know, that's not where you learn about SOPs or KPIs, <laughs> you know, it's like analyzing Winnie the Pooh is not gonna help you here. So, you know, and I think that is also something that was just different for me because I didn't even know that these things existed, right? So it literally took me five years. Now, I also know that it can be daunting to hire someone because it's obviously more than just like a Fiverr guy who does graphics, you know, based on a template that they already have. And that's the same for everyone else. So my question to you would be, if I have someone here who's been in business for a while, and let's say a lot of the people that I want to work with or that I already do work with are kind of the five figure entrepreneurs who are kind of stuck at the 70, 80 K mark. So it's kind of still, it works. They know that their product works. It's still kind of unpredictable mainly because they don't have SOPs in place. So when do you think is a good time to reach out to an OBM? And even if it's scary at first to invest, why will it translate in more money flow in the end? Yeah, absolutely. Very good question. And there are a number of benchmarks you can use for when to hire an OBM. Most of the time we focus on a financial one because a OBM is a significant expense and it is a consistent monthly expense. So that is something to keep in mind. And like you said, it is an investment, but I never encourage people to go into debt just to hire an OBM because there are steps you can take in between to prepare for an OBM. So that's the good thing. Um, for an OBM, if you're in the States like I am, we recommend that you're making at least $10,000 a month consistently. And that's revenue. That's not necessarily your personal income, but that's revenue into the business. Got it. Consistent 10K a month for at least six months, and you're able to predict that that will continue. The reason being is that a really high quality VA can be anywhere from three to $5,000 a month. Yeah. And that depends on how much you know work you're providing them with, what sort of agreements you have with them. You can find them more affordable if they're starting out. They're, you know, if they're certified, they're gonna require being paid more because they have a different standard and it's, it's all over the place. But the good news is, is that you will get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to afford that in a couple months, that's okay. The good yeah. news is, is that a lot of OBMs and then myself personally, we offer what we call interim packages as well as one-off services to help you say establish SOPs in a day. Yeah. And that way you pay one flat fee, you work with us, we get a lot set up, we get your processes started and any other team members you have, say a VA or what have you, we teach them how to be recruited to write the SOPs as well. Mm -hmm. So now you have something to work off of to get you started, to create a stronger foundation for yourself. Yeah. And any really experienced OBM can also offer, of course, their personal opinion and their recommendations of saying, from my perspective of your business, because they're going to ask you a lot of really good questions. So from my perspective <laughs> of your business, it seems like this might be your weakest link. I suggest maybe hiring a strategist for this, or I know a business coach who specializes in this. I want to see you have that foundation so that when you're ready, I can be here to help you. 
Exactly. Any, any OBM worth their, their salt or their spice or their wine or whatever you want to say, <laughs> any OBM that's worth their money is going to say no to you if they think you're not ready. I agree because it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be too much pressure. You're going to think I invested so much money. Where is my return? And the best feeling in the world is to just invest and not worry because you know, it's fine. There's so much more where this came from, especially if you maybe have payment plans and you just know things are coming in or you just had a huge launch and you'd allocated something in your budget. It's just like, I don't care. I'm just giving this time. And for everything you do, I do believe that you need to be capable to invest at least three months in it and decide after that, you know, and it can be painful sometimes, but I think that's the absolute minimum. So I agree. So why, how does this change a business? So let's say, maybe let's take a story from you, like a before and after kind of thing. Yeah, I, uh, I have a personal story that I love to share. And, uh, <laughs> thankfully, my client has approved. She and I are still working together. We've been working together for almost five years. And uh, so she's always delighted when I tell this story because it always reminds her <laughs> of, of how great life is now. So um, when I first started working with her, I was actually a virtual assistant at the time. So I started loading blog posts and spell checking things and all these little things. And uh, within a year or two, I became the book project manager. So she runs an agency that helps authors self-publish high-quality books. Christine knows this. this I know her. Best. I can recommend her. It's been awesome. It was the best. And if I'm, I, if I'm ever going to write a book, which I think probably I'll have a ghostwriter write it, but if I'm ever going to produce a book again, I will definitely work with the same agency. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I started as the book project manager which was where the real big change started to happen. So a, uh, an OBM is a project manager, like on steroids. Like they, <laughs> yes. they take care of so much else. But that was also when I started to realize that I had the capacity for so much more because I started managing book projects. So we, on the back end, we have to manage helping with the editing and the promotion and setting everything up and all of that. And at the time, my CEO, my boss, her name is Morgan, uh, she was inside of those projects every day, even on the weekends. Like, I hope all of you are cringing when I just said that. She was in there on the weekends. First of all, no. No. I don't do stuff on the weekends, so you don't get to do stuff on the weekends. So, um, and she was in there often three to five hours a day. I'm like, you're the CEO of this company. We can't have you in here. Like, we've done nope. a bunch of these. Can't we systematize it? Can't we figure out some repetitive things? So we did. We went from about 20 or 30 tasks that we already knew had to happen to 300 <laughs> repeatable tasks in a consistent that now operates. I'm now director of operations for that company. And we have a new book project manager who does a spectacular job and all built off the system that we developed. And now Morgan doesn't even go in those projects. She exactly. Doesn't do the sales calls anymore. We have someone else for that. So that's the beauty of setting up those processes is it frees up the visionary to be the visionary. They're not bogged down with customer service inquiries or oh, is anybody tracking this metric? Of course we are. We already talked about that and we're tracking It's there. That. It's, oh yeah, it's this tab. It's on autopilot. XYZ knows that's the job. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's also a lot of systems and processes seamlessly blends with team management. 
which mm-hmm. is very important and often overlooked of creating that cohesive culture, even in a digital company, as well as very clear delineation of this is what you're responsible for. Totally. And this is why it's important. And it's because just a checklist. on the team matters. Yeah, exactly. It's a checklist. And it's a checklist. Just do this and you'll be good. If you yeah. don't check all the boxes, you're in trouble. It's objective it's not personal you can evaluate just by seeing these words was i wanted you to do did you do it yes or no that's it you know it makes it makes business so much less personal in a way that it's good to evaluate or to make sure that everything's on track but at the same time you can infuse still your pep your life your colors your form your values whatever you would have you that it's it's still your company right everything is still set up in a way that it works that way i mean she still has to give input, say, this is our priority in this quarter and this quarter and this quarter. This is what we want to push. This is why it makes us different. I've learned something new. Why don't we integrate that? You know, so I love this and I can see how it has changed because she has completely, I mean, she has four or five kids. I don't even know how many she has. She has a lot of kids for it and they move all around the place and it's just like it wouldn't be possible with another kind of business and she's making a lot of money, which is amazing. Absolutely. So it's, it's those kind of delineations that are super important. And that's the beauty of an OBM, especially once you have someone of that level, it's their responsibility to be the bad guy. You as the visionary don't have to be the bad guy anymore. It's not your responsibility. You get to hire someone to be rude to other people if they have to be. Which is brilliant. Not everybody's ready for that role. And some OBMs distinctively don't take that on. But if you're going to be a team manager and a project manager, you got to be squeaky wheel. You got to be annoying. You do. And eventually when you first hire someone, it's the OBM's job to onboard them. They yeah. will help get them the systems and processes and everything they need. They will check their work for three to four weeks after they've signed up to make sure that everything's being done right. And then they'll just off and let them go with it. You know, that's, that's what I call my tomorrow. She's my whip cracker, you know, and you the go. gifts of the whip, the, someone cracking a whip that I send her all over the time. Like, you know what to do. <laughs> And it's just like, I'm like, bye-bye. <laughs> That's just, it's the best thing of having a business. And it's like, if you're all thinking, but this, this seems so far, it seems like I'll never get there. I'll never be able to afford this. It's not as far away as you think. I would literally really insist on getting the foundation straight and having your system and having it on autopilot in a mini scale, which will be able to make you that revenue, that minimum revenue you need, because once you have that in place, once you get more targeted, it means more revenue even further. So you're, you're just going to grow effortlessly. So I do think that everyone here has to have a good hard look at their numbers. And if you don't know how to do that, you have to reach out to me because I will teach you. It's part of my method. And then I think it's just really something that at a certain point you have to include it's just you're owe it to your business to if you want to grow it to a certain point right i mean some people don't fair enough but if you want to have a big business that is going to make a serious income then you just have to at some point because it's not doable otherwise i would really say it's you can't you just can't absolutely and you mentioned that a lot of the listeners are coaches so if you're thinking every way that I work with someone is super personalized. There's no way I can systematize. I bet you have relatively similar emails you send to leads when they first reach out to you. I bet you have questions you always ask people on a discovery call. Can't you ask those in a questionnaire before they get on the call to get them thinking Mm -hmm. about it? 
I bet you have a certain offboarding process you always use when you stop working with people. I bet that you also have some sort of referral process where you reach out to people, say, hey, I have some space in my calendar. A lot of these things are write-downables, write as we call them. And that's all a system is, is something that can be repeated by looking at the steps and doing them over again. That's exactly. it. Exactly. They can always be modified. They can always be customized. But I bet you have a framework. You have a structure that you've done so many times that you're like, oh, this is easy. I'll just keep repeating it myself. If it's repeatable, you don't need to be doing don't it. Don't need to be doing it. Exactly. And I use it mainly with content, creating content on autopilot, on a system match strategic flow. Whereas the business side, well, I do have everything set up. It could be better, I guess, you know, but it's definitely something that I know as soon as I'll have this all set up, it's like, okay, I'm going to hire all of this out. It's just what I do. <laughs> it's just what I do. Right. Victoria, what is happening soon? What have you planned? And also, I know that you want to have a free gift for our listeners. So what can you recommend us and how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm very easy to find online. It's Victoria Klein, K-L-E-I-N dot C-O. So you'll find me on my website that way. You'll find me on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. I spend most of my time on Instagram and Facebook. So if you happen to like visuals or you just like good conversation, <laughs> a source for all of that. Um, and the most exciting thing that I'm doing is I'm actually now offering intensives. So if all of this sounded super exciting and you're like, I can't hire an OBM, that's impossible. You can hire me for a day though. Yeah. And we can get almost three months of work done. The, the same amount of work that you would do with an OBM for the first three months, we can do that in six hours together because we're going to take all the fluff out of the way and we're going to get really focused and get a ton done. So I'm super excited to be doing this. The few that I've done so far, just amazing like mm -hmm. one of them cried at the end of the call like it was incredible i can imagine <laughs> i'm like i might have to book a session i'm such a sucker i hired so many people i've interviewed it's ridiculous but <laughs> but it's because i interview really cool people <laughs> yeah, of course you'd be surprised how much you can get done in six hours when everything else is turned off oh and tons it's what i do yeah, it's that exactly. It's what I do with my, it's also what I do with my clients, you know, VIP day is six hours where we get basically the whole business over done, you know, but it, in a different way, like just having everything from what is your branding to how do you get PR, like the whole system basically. So I can only imagine if you have lots of crap and just like a big kind of shoebox of kind of things going on and you don't know, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, Brilliant. Absolutely. It's a, it's a whole lot of fun to do. And I've had people come back for repeat ones because they're like, okay, now that we did this, this, it's like, yeah, of course we could do that. So sometimes people come back for completely free form ones that don't have anything to do with systems. They're like, I just want to spend six hours with you and let's just talk everything out. Okay, awesome. I'll order you lunch. I'll have it delivered. We'll just sit here and keep talking. So, That's amazing. There's a lot you can get done in that amount of time. So um, I have a lot of free articles on my website, of course, and I also have a weekly newsletter that I do every Friday, which is a very raw look at what it's like to be an entrepreneur. So I share raw numbers. I share mistakes I've made. I share all of the mindset bullshit that I'm going through because I've been in business for 15 years and I still have it. And I think that's such a key part that a lot of people forget. So if you're interested in nerdy systems and like woo -woo mindset stuff, perfect match. <laughs> and I love your newsletter. I'm always intrigued and I'm like, where's she going with this? You know, <laughs> but it's like, I'm reading it and it's like, 
And sometimes I'm too analytical. I'm like, what did she sell right now? You know, <laughs> like, she actually didn't. She just helped me to process something, you know. So it's hilarious. So you should definitely sign up. It's going to be a different air in your inbox. I promise you guys. Right. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. This has been amazing. I am really excited. And I think it brought a lot of clarity to people listening of what is actually out there because it's not talked about enough. And we have to dream big. This should be a typical bullet point on your development list. It's not crazy. It should be normal that you will want to do this. So yeah, absolutely. The, the idea of hiring out and opening up more of your time does not make you lazy or entitled. It means you're being responsible. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm very excited and I cannot wait for you guys to tell me about how, what you liked about this episode. So please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, ideally telling us what you loved about this and what your next steps are going to be. And maybe whether you reached out to Victoria or at least signed up to her email list. All right, everyone, this is it going to be for me. You will be back in two weeks with a solo episode. I'm really excited and I hope you all be doing well and talk to you soon. Bye. All right, and here is what I usually forget at the end of every episode. So first off, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in. We really, really, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget that I've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online. It's called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches, and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online. You can find it on Amazon, but also in other online bookstores and on my website. Also, please make sure that if you want to stalk me, you follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube or Twitter or Pinterest or TikTok. And if there was anything in this episode that you learned, that you found entertaining, that made you giggle, then I would be over the moon if you'd left us a five-star rating. These ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it. Thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode.